TikTok, not in West Lafayette. Tony Katz, good to be with you. They're citing cybersecurity concerns, privacy concerns. Purdue is blocking access to TikTok. Students, staff, visitors will not be able to access the app or the website on the Purdue University network. You've got public Wi-Fi. You've got your home stuff. Non-university, you'll still be able to get it. A step in the right direction. Uh, the, the people who are saying uh, don't ban TikTok, they, they shouldn't be dismissed. Well, well, people like uh, Jamal Bowman and Ocasio-Cortez should be dismissed because they're just they're just playing the part of and, I, and I'm not being rude. I'm, I'm utilizing uh, the, the terminology as is appropriate, useful idiot. Groups that belong to organizations that get paid, uh, financed by ByteDance. And now here they are uh, screaming about how there doesn't seem to be a good reason to get rid of TikTok other than Republicans want to. No recognition of the threat of the Communist Party. If this was a talk about Twitter, even when Twitter was the most treacherous uh, people out there, I never said ban them. I would never have said do to Twitter what they did to Parler. What they want to do to others, I would never, ever, uh, had uh, w- would have made that that statement. I don't believe that. But when we're talking about the communist Chinese, we're not talking about American citizens. We're not talking about people who uh, who have rights. I don't want to hear about the rights of the communist Chinese. I don't care. What rights do I have in China? That's always the argument. What right do you have to launch an app that accesses 150 million people, mostly young people in China? I want to do that. You think China's going to let me do that? Don't tell me I have to do it differently because of the Constitution. I have to do it differently for Americans, not for commies, and not for the Communist Chinese Party. Uh, The part about uh, banning or eliminating TikTok is that people do make real livings there. They do build businesses there and those people are impacted and you have to make sure you're, you're seeing this properly and you have to make sure you're explaining it properly. As we've discussed, you have to explain what the situation is and why this is. Now I was always in the camp of, we'll just sell it to an American company. If the algorithm is built in such a way that would still allow access to the communists, that's a hard one to do. It is. I I, I don't say no. It's a hard one to do. It really, truly is. I'm more and more I'm in the uh, camp of get rid of it because of only because of the communists, only because of the communist Chinese. I am a believer after, and we have a whole conversation to get into about China's nuclear arsenal. I'll get to that. I am a uh, believer that China and their, their acting out is because they know, they are aware, they've done the math, that they are on an untenable path. An aging population, 
they killed off the opportunities to be able to care for that population with the one China policy under Mao. They're still suffering through it. You already have companies doing exactly the right thing, starving China of resources by pulling its manufacturing. Meanwhile, the 1.3 billion people you do have, you can't get them all jobs. So you go about creating jobs that don't actually provide any value to claim that you gave them jobs. You have an entire populace that was so disgusted by your draconian lockdowns because of COVID, they engaged in protest. And they're starting to see that maybe this conversation of communism and the the real effects of it are much greater than those low-tier effects that the Chinese were able to bring, like, for example, money. Yes, there is no doubt through their systems of uh, manipulation of of the dollar, of the yuan, of how they peg the dollar, uh, being able to build everything that we buy they were able to pull people out of poverty. But communism being communism, this cannot last. And that's what I believe you're starting to see. That they can't maintain because they don't actually grow nothing. And that's why you saw Xi Jinping remove the former leader, whose name eludes me, from a, a, a meeting of that Politburo. Because there can be no threat to his power. Like all communist leaders, they get more and more paranoid. They have to consolidate more and more power. And that means sending more and more people to gulags or to wherever they send the Uyghur Muslims or just executing people. So China is not as strong as we think. That doesn't mean that China isn't strong. That doesn't mean that China isn't a threat. That doesn't mean that China isn't flat-out dangerous. I said I would talk about the nuclear arsenal. Now, this is a conversation that actually goes back a couple years. If you were to do a quick search, you'd find people talking about this in 2021, concerns about China building up their nuclear arsenal. Uh, The Air Force Secretary, Frank Kendall, has been stating that in his career, he was in front of the House Appropriations Committee. He's been 50 years in the U.S. military and in defense stating that China's development into a top-level nuclear power is a major issue. And here's the quote. I don't think I've seen anything more disturbing in my career than the Chinese ongoing expansion of their nuclear force. China's expanse in everything military is a serious issue because the purpose is not for safety and security. The purpose is for domination and destruction. We're already seeing in the South China Sea, in the Yellow Sea, the threats against Taiwan, how they go about dredging fishing lanes. There are people all around that area who utilize those waters. They fish, and that's how they survive. China comes in with these massive trawlers. They literally destroy the bottom of the ocean, and they move everybody out. They are changing not only if, if the environmentalist wants to get upset. Uh, how about the idea of changing ecosystems? Never mind what they're doing to local economies, what they're doing to the economies of other nations through this use of power. The entire conversation, the Spralty Islands, they are actually building islands. Originally, my thought was that they were building these islands because they were going to build 
airstrips on these islands and they were going to be refueling stations and that was allow them more forward movement. No, 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 no. I mean, that, that, that is clearly a, a part of it. You're talking about building islands so you can make the claim that it's your territory so you can claim the waters. It's about control. Don't tell me about American imperialism. Tell me about what China's doing because I can see it and you can see it with your own eyes. China is a constant threat. And their building of their nuclear capacity is a threat. So what happens? The United States and Great Britain and Australia, where, of course, we, we've, we've discussed the selling of nuclear subs to Australia. They're, they're buying more subs, and then subs are going to be based in parts of Australia. And then you're going to um, see uh, possibly submarines being built in Australia. This is so it's much easier to get to China. I don't think there's any question about that, any debate uh, about that. I believe uh, that that grouping is called AUKUS, A-U-K-U-S, Australia, United Kingdom, United States. AUKUS is how it's described. China responding to this, saying once Pandora's box is opened, the regional strategic balance will be disrupted. Regional security will be seriously threatened. You notice how they use the term Pandora's box. China has gotten very, very good at utilizing English and American idioms to try and connect with us, which, you know, goes back to the whole TikTok conversation and how they're feeding, well, what they want Americans to see to make an impression on them. Uh, uh, Somebody was commenting to me that one of the things that gets pushed is, Oh, man, uh, the the, the U.S. dollar is in real trouble. Man, the U.S. economy is in real trouble. Man, there's going to be a lot of collapse. Things are going to get really, really bad for the United States. Oh, things are – what a problem the United States is having. Our problems compared to China's problems are not problems. Our problems are our problems, and they are indeed very real. But I just went through the issues that China is having, and they are massive, and they are never-ending. They are unyielding. Lots and lots and lots of issues. China has real issues. But what do they want to do? They want to serve to impressionable kids on TikTok that the U.S. is falling apart. The U.S. is the problem. And then, of course, it'll be about look how wonderful China is. And you've got people like the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, saying they're doing such a great job with green energy. And they get lauded by John Kerry, who's our climate, I don't know, envoy uh, guy. He's taking private planes. He defends when the, when the rich take private planes because they're buying carbon offsets. Translation, well... The environment doesn't matter if you have the money to pay everybody off. You don't have the money, so you don't get to have an air conditioner. By the way, you know they're going after air conditioners next. They've already started. They started with the gas stoves, and now they're on air conditioners. Everything has to be electric. And when everything is electric, it's so much easier to just shut it off, throttle it down. You don't think that's the plan? We already saw in California, they push electric cars, push electric cars, they pass legislation. That says you can't even have a combustion engine sold as a new vehicle by, was it 2030? The 2035 or 2030? I think it's 2030. Maybe it's earlier, but I think it's 2030. And then they say, hey, the grid is having a lot of issues, so don't charge your car today. 
You don't think it's about control? You are out of your head. Options are good. Government control is bad. I don't know. I guess that comes from reading a book. Having some knowledge of history and not thinking the world started yesterday and certainly not believing Bernie Sanders or Representative Ocasio-Cortez or any other of the gang that's too afraid of a gun to shoot. China ain't afraid. China ain't afraid. And they're now saying that AUKUS and this, this alignment of these three nations, well, that might spark an arms race. I just told you. I can go back to articles from 2021 talking about people worried about China's growth on the nuclear side. China doesn't need any help in pushing an arms race. They want it because they want the control. They want the power. They want the entire stage to themselves and everybody doing their bidding. That's what they wanted. If you say to me, Tony, that's not what the Chinese people want. You think it matters what the Chinese people want? The Chinese people are inconsequential to the conversation. It's what the Politburo wants. It's what the Communist Chinese Party wants. It's what, it's what Xi Jinping, president for life, wants. Therefore, it's the problem. Just gotta, you just got to break it down into its pieces to recognize the madness. And here we are in the United States having this conversation about whether or not we should ban TikTok. And we don't have enough people recognizing the enemy that is. Because China does desire the Chinese way, which is the communist way. We're not talking about your neighbor who's Chinese. We're not talking about people. We're talking about communists. We're talking about the regime. And yes, I'm going to say it again. The regime is dangerous. The regime is out for power. The regime is out for control. And the regime is in a very tenuous spot. The people don't like the lockdowns. The people know that they're not living free lives. While they'll be like, oh man, we've had more money than ever before. Look at all the prosperity. Now the worm turns and things start to fail and things start to fall. And that is just one of the, the many, many signs of China not being able to keep up. And they know that they're up against it. They know they are in a time crunch. They know that the moment is now. So they're going to take advantage of the moment. And they're going to try and take advantage of American weakness, which exists because we're unwilling to properly state that's the enemy of civil society. That's the enemy of decency and humanity. That is the enemy of our own children. The Republican Party doesn't want you to be having transition surgeries on minors. We didn't say adults, we said minors. The Republican Party is the enemy? This is a complete and total inability to be rational and reasonable, to be honest and clear, to be normal. China is the enemy and China can be defeated. You just gotta have the willpower to do it. And man, if we've learned anything about this administration, they don't have the willpower. That's a problem for all of us. I'm Tony Katz. Governor Eric Holcomb of Indiana saying he will not hesitate. 
When Senate Bill 480 is brought to his desk, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, guys, what's going on? What's happening with you? Yes, in uh, Florida for a couple of days. So if, if it sounds a little different today, it's because I'm not in, in my studio today. Um, Governor Holcomb saying that he, when the legislation, which would put an end uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the main to transition surgeries for minors, it ban- the bill bans hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and surgery for gender transition purposes for anyone under the age of 18. Um, it would allow treatments for any purpose other than gender transition care. So doctors, if they felt they had to use something for a specific issue, would still be able to do so, which I do agree with because there could be things that you and I have never thought about that could medically be necessary. Transition surgery is not about the medicine, it's about the mind. It's a very, very different subject. And he has stated that he disagrees with the assertion that the legislature has overstepped its bounds. He thinks that that lawmakers, the General Assembly, is within their right to regulate this care, but he hasn't stated whether or not he's going to sign it. Now, we know that the ACLU of Indiana, for example, has said he was he was the, did the right thing in vetoing a different bill, the bill that said that boys uh, can't play in girls' sports. He actually vetoed that, and the General Assembly overrode that, and so they should have because girls are not boys and boys are not girls, and it's unfair to girls. It's misogynistic. It's all bloody hell. It is a hatred of women when you let boys or men play in girls' or women's sports. It's wrong, and of course that shouldn't be allowed. Governor Holcomb got that one wrong. We said so here. I would say so directly to him. The General Assembly, they overrode the veto, and there we are. Is he going to veto this? Is he not? I have no clue. I I don't know what the man is going to. He could have done it right now. I don't know. I don't have a feel for it. I don't have a take. I don't have any part of it. What, What I know is that this General Assembly seems to be in a position to, if he does veto they will override. And it's the right thing to do because we're talking about kids and we're only ever talking about kids. And as we've discussed, kids need to be protected more often than not from themselves. I'm not talking about adults. And it's clear that gender dysphoria, as described in DSM-5, the manual of these diagnoses for uh, those in the psychiatric world, states it as a condition, so so we shouldn't deny that it doesn't happen. We shouldn't deny that it isn't real. We should say, to uh, paraphrase uh, J.K. Rowling, people like myself, people like you, what's the harm in waiting? And people say to me, because they this is not who they are, they're not living their authentic selves, and you're stopping them from doing so. We are saying that children have no capacity to make this decision. They don't know where their minds are. So let's give them time. Let's give them time to feel this out for themselves. Let's not make it a thing of, if they don't do this right away, they're going to die. That's not true. And there's more to discuss on this subject. I'm just up against the time. Will Holcomb sign it? 50-50, 50-50, guys. 50-50. This is Tony Katz today. Yesterday, I shared with you 
that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is very proud to know nothing. On the subject of firearms, he is more than okay with lying. He's more than okay with not knowing what he's saying. It doesn't matter to him. Incompetence is considered, I don't know, uh, a feature, not a bug. When it comes to the political left talking about firearms, Tony Katz, good to be with you. Talking about firearms for the left does not require anybody to have any mind at all. You can say anything as long as it sounds scary, you know, woogie boogie. Uh, it, it, that's, that's, that's how you get scared. Woogie boogie. That's how it works. Um, that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Just do your best to scare others, say scary things, use scary words, and therefore people will be afraid. Only with firearms do we teach people to be afraid, not to learn, not to understand, not to be aware, not to see something, say something. Just be afraid, run around screaming in a circle, and then fall to the floor while you wet yourself. This is what we see. From the left, it's, a, it's an irrational response. And of course, when there is a horror like what took place in Nashville, you get to the irrational response of we have to do away with the Second Amendment. We have to stop guns in America. And the answer is no. And one day I'm going to get into where my my basis comes from. And my basis is actually one that is personal even though I have never needed it in order to be able to engage the conversation rationally. But if we want to bring emotion to a story, I'll do it. And there is not a person in the sound of our voice, guys, who's going to be able to refute. I, I promise you I will, I will get there. I, I, I will. I have made it a longstanding practice my whole life never to share the story for my own weird reasons, I'm starting to feel like I need to. So I, I will get there. It just won't be, it won't be today. Stay tuned. I, I, I promise. Joe Biden continues the ignorance in a discussion about the AR-15. Now, we know AR doesn't stand for assault rifle, right? Right? We, we aware of this? Just making sure, just making sure that we know that AR does not stand for assault rifle. But Joe Biden speaking about guns, well, in the same conversation, Joe Biden, president of the United States, had saying that you're not allowed to own a machine gun in the U.S., you're not allowed to own a flamethrower in the U.S., and you're allowed to own both. But he's an ignorant man, He's an old man. He's a frail man. He can't remember things, and he was never that bright to begin with. If you're offended by anything I said, not my problem. You being offended is meaningless to the factual dissertation I just engaged. Joe Biden does not know anything about firearms, doesn't care that he doesn't know, and looks like a doddering old man when he has these discussions. And then says things like a bullet from an AR-15 will blow up when it's inside the body. You know, I know you see on television, it's not just merely the, the weapon in terms of it's, that it's semi-automatic in effect. 
but the velocity with which it comes out of that muzzle, what it does when it hits the body. Most bullets would go just straight through and out, leaving little, but it blows up once it's inside your body. Um, well, someone I'm sure could tell me, well, if you're talking about a specific kind of 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 round and a specific kind of of weapon, well, you would get that. Guys, I'm not sure what he means. The point I make to you is he doesn't know what he means and he doesn't care. Just talk in that that hushed tone and you can scare some more people or make them believe you really, really, really care. Hmm. I, I, if you ask me what what Joe Biden cares about, I, I couldn't answer uh, the, the question. But he certainly doesn't care about anybody whose life was saved with a firearm. He doesn't care about people who are alive today because of firearms. He doesn't care about people who are protected because of firearms. And he certainly doesn't care about the Constitution. Just laying it down. But this conversation got heated between Representative Jamal Bowman and Representative Thomas Massey. Jamal Bowman of New York, Democrat progressive, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, uh, Republican, and I think MIT graduate. And it starts with Bowman, who's just kind of screaming at the media about how terrible all this is. And it's Republicans who are cowards. Children at all. Cowards. Pressure them. Why the hell won't you do anything to save America's children? And let them explain that all the way up until Election Day on 2024. Let them explain it all the way up to Election Day on 2024. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun They're gutless. They're cowards. Okay, I've called the left cowards on many things. He's more than entitled to call the right uh, cowards uh, on this. Um... But what he's doing there is trying to dictate to the media how they should do things. You should be asking this question. You should be asking that question. This is the question I want you to ask. And that can be seen as a little weird. Enter Thomas Massey. And because Thomas Massey of Kentucky walks up to him. It's like, you know, um, in, in schools where uh, they've got somebody arming the doors, these things don't happen. And Bowman loses his head. Listen. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been a school in a school that allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? More guns lead to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. You're carrying the water for the gun lobby. Look at the data. More guns lead to more death. Thomas Massey wants to have a conversation. Jamal Bowman screaming at him. So much so as things go on, Thomas Massey sees the cameras, sees the reporters, and tries to walk up to them. Jamal Bowman cuts in front of him repeatedly, tries to move him away from the press because he doesn't want Thomas Massey, Congressman Massey, being able to have a say. Oh, no, no, no. States that have open carry laws have more debt. Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever 
Have you ever worked in a school? It's a yes or no question. Have you ever worked in a school? You will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay, I'll bring it down enough. All right, folks. Have you ever worked in a school? I've got a bill to repeal. I worked in the school for 20 years. You're just screaming. I was a teacher. I was screaming before you came and interrupted me. Every. I worked in a school for 20 years. I worked in a school for 20 years. All right, that's enough of that. I was screaming before you interrupted me. I worked in a school. Did you ever work in a school? Now, what does that matter? I'm a parent. I'm a member of society. I've got armed guards for jewelry stores. Why not for schools? Because it's going to traumatize the kids? Israeli kids are traumatized, but it's not by the gun in their school. I don't want school shootings. But if you think that getting rid of the guns is the answer, go try it. And who do you think you're going to take the guns from? Now, you understand, like I understand, this is where the argument falls apart. The argument is we have too many guns and Jamal Bowman is screaming about too many guns. And you heard him there say this. More guns mean more violence. That, 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 that's what he said. Maybe you didn't hear it. Would you more Allow me to say, as clear as day, I disagree with this point of view because this point of view is an irrational one. It's based on the idea that the gun is the problem. If you got rid of the guns, you wouldn't have any other problems. First, there's nothing there, and, and, and I alluded to this earlier, there's nothing uh, there about those people who are saved because of a firearm. And I'm not going to discount those people. I'm not going to erase those people. Those people are real. Those people have a story to tell. That's a real statistic that is required. And if you ask me, well, you saved one life. Is that enough compared to the lives lost? I'll tell you the person who was trained to use the firearm was able to save a life. And a person untrained with a firearm was able to take a life. I'm not going to tell the person who saved a life, even if it's their own life, too bad. I'm not doing that. That's actually backwards. But I was discussing how we arm jewelry stores. We do. We, we, we arm jewelry stores. We make sure that jewelry stores are, are well protected. We've got armed guards. You've got armed guards all around airports. You have armed guards at banks. Take a look at the fencing they put around the White House itself. They put this fencing around because they make a claim that everybody is so unsafe that they have to be protected. They have to be protected. Why not the kids? More guns mean more deaths. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, we can show, we can have the data fight that shows that... In the main, people don't go about robbing gun stores. It has happened, of course, but that's not where they go. That's not the soft target. I've discussed this when it comes to your synagogue or your church, your place of worship. It is a soft target, and you have to be prepared. And any rabbi, any imam, any faith leader anywhere who says you can't bring a firearm in here, fire them or go somewhere else. They're not serious people. They're not serious about the safety and security of the flock. 
of the parishioners, of the congregants, or whoever, however it is you want to say it, they aren't interested in that. And they believe somehow they put up a sign that says gun-free zone, that's what'll matter. I don't know if Christian Covenant, the school in Nashville, where six people were murdered, three children, three nine-year-olds. I mean, Jamal Momin being disgusted by that, I, I agree with. Three nine-year-olds, they didn't do anything wrong, but they were shot and killed by this 28-year-old woman who had her own set of issues, real issues, issues that should be discussed out in the public square. So it wasn't just a gun. But the question is, did the school have a gun-free zone sign on it? I, I don't actually have the answer to that question. But uh, near, near where I live, uh, there, there's a mall called Castleton Mall. There have been shootings at that mall. Do they have signs that say gun-free zone? What's the value of a gun-free zone? Let's take it another way. The police officers who went into the school and took down the shooter, um, would that have been a good time to have the social worker go in and, 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 and talk to her? She wanted to kill people there. She was looking for other people to kill. She said she, in, in, at least from the reporting and, and, and police discussions, she wanted to kill family members. So, you know, can we ask ourselves whether or not this was a person who could have been stopped through a rational conversation? And can we ask ourselves if two people or four people or five people or one person had been armed in the school and it was known that we protect this school, would the school not have been a target? We don't protect schools. There is a conversation, an argument to be had for arming schools. I am not somebody who wants to force arming teachers, nor would I pay teachers to be armed. Because then you have teachers who will do it because they'll take the money, but they have no intention of actually uh, being able to be the person to pull the trigger uh, if, the, if the moment should come. And I don't want to put that kind of pressure on them, and I don't want to have faith in somebody who isn't really willing to do the job that is necessary. First, they can't get the guns. How are you going to do it is, of course, the question. 400 million guns in the United States, I believe it is. We have more guns than people in the U.S. People like to throw that out there as a, as a, a statistic. How are you going to get them? How do you go about getting them? Well, I'll give you one way they would try, a gun registry, and then deciding you as a parent shouldn't have a gun when your child is in school, and we're going to hold your kids after school. You come and you bring your guns. We have the list of the guns you have. You bring your guns, and then you get your kids back. And you say to me, Tony, are you nuts? And I say to you, think about it for a while. You know what? Take, take the next couple of days. Take the weekend. Run that through your brain once or twice or three times. Ask yourself if this government with these progressives who are absolutely power hungry and don't believe in your rights at all, ask if they would do that. Ask if someone isn't working down that methodology but you're never going to take the gun from the criminal. You'll never get the gun from the criminal. You'll never get all the guns. They're here. We're Americans. We're not Europeans. We do it differently. We're having a problem. I don't deny that. I deny that the problem is the gun. The problem is societal. And here is Jamal Bowman screaming and yelling, being part of that societal issue because he's not willing to have the hard conversation.
He's not willing to do it. He's not willing to do it. That's the problem, people. That's the whole problem. But we'll have more of this. This subject isn't going anywhere. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today. If you live in the Midwest, you need to be on the lookout for these storms that are coming our way. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Yeah. uh, Dangerous stuff. High winds. Tornadoes. Really, really possible. Uh, it's just something you got to be aware of. You got to be on the lookout for, and you've got these these storm systems that are coming across Colorado and are just moving their way across. Going to hit the south, going to hit the Midwest. Look, we're 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 used to getting storms. Don't get me wrong, and, and it might be that you know for for myself living in Indiana that Illinois actually is going to take more of the brunt here. But you just got to be aware. You know, for for my area, they're not expecting things until the evening. They're not expecting things. So actually, after the evening rush, which would be great, but you got to be aware, you got to be alert, get everything inside that you can, and well, be prepared in case things go wrong. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.